Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Hey, Creekwood, it is so good to have you with us here at Church at Home. And my name is Brad Levins. I'm one of the executive pastors here at Creekwood. And uh, it's just so good to have you. And if I'm honest with you, um, our staff, uh, me personally, I, I miss being in here physically in the building with you. Um, and so that day is soon coming, and we can't wait for that. But for right now, we are just grateful that we get to do this and have church at home. And so uh, we are in the, the middle of a series right now called Blind Spots. And uh, I'm excited I get to, to speak in the third week of this series. But we have uh, defined blind spots as any area of brokenness that is obvious to others, but it's hidden to ourselves. Like, I can't see my areas of of brokenness. I can't see my blind spots, but you can, and vice versa. And it can be very frustrating for for many of us to know about blind spots in other people's lives, but they can't see it. And the the passage, uh, the series so far, we've been using the uh, Matthew 7 as our theme passage in Matthew 7, 3 through 5. It says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Says you're a hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you'll be able to see well enough to deal with a speck in your friend's eye. And these are, again, these are areas of brokenness when we're talking about blind spots. And so, Not an exhaustive list, but some examples of blind spots are things like pride. People have the the blind spot of anger. I don't know if you've ever seen someone who's really controlling. That's a blind spot for many people. Uh, Some people have the blind spot of being overdramatic, selfishness, um, greed. Uh, It could be even an addiction. These are all different blind spots that people have. And again, that's not an exhaustive list, but here's what we know. We all have blind spots. And in this series, God has really opened up my eyes to different blind spots that I have and been very thankful for this series that God is actually already um, opening my eyes and I'm I'm beginning to to see freedom in certain areas of my life. And I know that you have them. And I also know that there's people in your life that have them too. And some of you are like, amen to that. Um, And so, The thing about it is what we want to talk about today and what I want to specifically tackle today is how do you confront the blind spots from the people that are in your life, the people, your loved ones, your coworkers, your your relatives that are in your life and they can't see their area of brokenness. We want to talk about that today. And some of you right now, maybe you're, you're like, yes, finally, I'm done talking about me. I want to talk about the brokenness in other people's lives. Maybe you're pointing at the person sitting next to you, or maybe you're saying like, we need to get the mother-in-law on the phone right now. She needs to watch this message. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's you. But the truth is we all have probably someone in our life we're thinking about that they obviously have a blind spot in their life. When we think about blind spots, we think about cars, and we think about like when you're driving, there's always a blind spot, a place you can't see. 
And my mirror says this, and if you look closely at your mirror, it says the objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. And I believe that God has put relationships in our life for a reason. And I believe one of them is that we're to call out and to confront blind spots and those loved ones and those coworkers that God has put us in relationship with. Because you can't keep ignoring the blind spots in their lives. Because if you do, one of two things will always happen and neither one of them are good. You will either go off on them, which is not good, uh, and I have done that before, or you will give up on them. And that's probably worse. And so you have to be willing to confront their blind spots. And so parents, listen to me. You've been called by God, I believe this, not just to parent your kids, but to confront the blind spots in your kids' lives and help them, not just to be able to confront it, but actually help them get through their blind spots to the other side where they are completely able to see and they have sight in those areas. I believe it's the same thing with our spouses and our coworkers. God has put you in a relationship for a reason. How many of you know that confronting blind spots is so much easier said than done? And I believe it's because many of us treat our blind spots like the old school, I'm about to date myself here, but the old school MC Hammer song, You Can't Touch This. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like you can touch anything. By the way, I so badly want to be wearing parachute pants right now. Like if y'all were in here in the auditorium, I'd be breaking it down like MC Hammer. You know I would, um, but you're not here, so I'm not wearing parachute pants. But anyway, that's how we treat our blind spots. Like you could touch everything else in my life, but don't touch that area. I'm not angry. I don't know why you say I'm angry. That's how we treat our blind spots, right? You can touch anything else, but you can't touch this. And so I'm gonna help you deal with these blind spots in other people's areas. The first thing you have to do is you have to deal with your own blind spot first. Luke 6, 42 says, you must acknowledge your own blind spot and deal with them before you'll be able to deal with the blind spot of your friend. So I wanna say this, that order matters. Last two weeks, we've been talking about how to deal with your own blind spots. So I don't wanna rehash that. But I do want you to know this. It is not about perfection. What it's about is you understanding that you are on a journey with Jesus yourself and you are confronting your own blind spots. And so the question is, are you dealing with your own blind spots? Because if the answer is no, then I would say stop. I would say, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Like do not confront the blind spots in someone else's life because it will not go well with you if you're not first confronting and dealing with your own blind spots. And the second thing, and I think this is so important, don't try to fix them, but try to help them because there's a big difference between trying to fix someone and trying to help them. When you try to fix someone, this is all about your frustration. And I'm being... I'm sick of getting knocked down over and over again by the log that's in your eye and the anger and the, the, the selfishness that you have. And it's all about me. And I think it comes from a, a place of pride. But when you say, no, I want to help you, it's, it's a different attitude. It's like me saying, I love you too much to watch you ruin the relationships that you're in. I, I love you too much to keep allowing you to be blind in this area. And 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. So that's an important scripture. 
And I remember this story when Jesus, I don't know if you remember this, when Jesus and Luke was trying to go to Samaria. And when he, would go to, when he was trying to go to Samaria, the Samaritans did, did not want Jesus. And um, there, it was because the Jews and the Samaritans always are always frustrated at each other, always mad at each other, didn't like each other. And two of the disciples, James and John, these two were known as the, the sons of thunder. They were so mad. Like they got so ticked off. The Samaritans didn't want Jesus in Samaria. And it says in Luke 9, 54, it says, when the disciples, James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? I mean, like, that's so funny. Like, hey, Jesus, this is what James and John did. Do you want us to fix them? Like, we will smoke that village. Like, you want us to smoke the village? Because we'll do it. And that's the way so many of us are. And here's Jesus' response. If you actually look what Jesus said, he actually rebuked them. And he said, I did not come to condemn the world. but I came to save the world. Jesus has a totally different response. And I'm not going to lie. There are times when I want to fix some people. Like I want to be like James and John and I want to smoke a village. You know what I'm saying? Like I just want to, I just want to take care of it because I'm so frustrated at what someone else maybe is doing. But in my life, when I want to fix someone and I go after it with the wrong motives, it never goes well for me. And I want to tell you this, if you want to not fix someone, but you truly want to help someone, you want to walk through like their blind spot so that at the other side of their blind spot, eventually they can actually see and have freedom. If you want that for their life, you are going to first have to humble yourself. I think it's the best advice I could give you today. You got to humble yourself. And here's how you humble yourself. You pray for them more than you preach at them. I heard one pastor say this one time, if you want to help someone for every time you preach at them and you yell at them, you better have prayed for them at least 10 times. So I don't know if that's like a rule or whatever, but I'm going to call it the pray to preach ratio. You should have, you should have a 10 to 1 pray to preach ratio. You, you better have prayed for them 10 times more than you've preached at them. And a buddy, a buddy of mine, he goes to Creekwood. His name is Byron Wright. He's a pilot for American Airlines. And he, uh, he, was, a, he was also a fighter pilot. And he was telling me about the, the modern fighter jets. And if you look them up, they're, they're worth like, between 60 and 100 million dollars. And it's because they're engineering marvels. They literally have radars and GPS systems in the, in the modern fighter jet and, and weaponry and like just incredible, like even their helmets have like these heads up displays on their helmets. And so they have all this technology in the modern fighter jet. And he said, and they have one school, one old school analog clock. The, the, kind, the analog clock, you know, with the, the winding hands, they, it has all this technology in an old school analog clock. And I said, why, why would it have this in this modern fighting jet? And he said, he said on these single, these single seat fighter jets, when you're up in the, in the sky, when something goes bad, it goes bad quickly. And your natural instinct is to try to fix the problem. It's for survival. And so you might mistakenly turn off the wrong engine or you might turn off the the wrong electrical system. And so instructors teach them 
with all this technology, if you are in the middle of a crisis, they say, stop, take a deep breath, wind the clock. Wind that old school analog clock because the very next decision you may make will either save your life or it'll destroy your life. And I think that's an analogy to prayer. Some of you, before you go say something you shouldn't say, you need to stop, you need to take a deep breath, and you need to pray. Five minutes of prayer might prevent you from ruining your life and their life. Five minutes of prayer, I believe, is worth more than five years of you preaching at someone. I think it's so critical that we learn to pray more than we preach. Here's what happens when you pray. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you, and listen to this, I underline this, I will tell you unsearchable things that you do not know. See, what happens when you pray before you go preach at someone and you quit trying to fix them and you try to help them through their issues and you say, God, I need your wisdom. He begins, begins to give you his perspective when you pray. You have all this grace and all this mercy and all this empathy and all this sympathy. Now that you spent time in prayer for them, God begins to, to reveal to you maybe why they're so angry. He begins to reveal why they're so narcissistic. Maybe he begins to reveal their pride to you and maybe there's a backstory that you just don't know. And what I have learned is that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate blind spot remover. And he'll tell you what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. Because there's been times when I've wanted to say something to somebody and the Holy Spirit will say, no, 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 not now. Because they can't handle what you're about to tell them right now. Now is not the time. And so I'm telling you, you need to pray for someone more than you preach at them. And I'm gonna give you one more thing. And I think this is the most important thing. And this is the hardest thing. If you wanna help someone through their blind spot is that you have to risk the relationship. I believe that blind spots only come out through relationships. They're not gonna come out through drive-by yellings like I do with my kids, like brush your teeth, okay? Why do you stink right now? No, I'm just kidding. But that's kind of the way we do sometimes with blind spots. But it only comes out through real relationships. Yet we are so afraid to address the, the blind spots in other people's lives because we're afraid of, of the potential consequences. But I would ask you, if you can't speak truth and love to them, was it a real relationship to begin with? And so I wanna challenge you, you may have to risk the relationship. And here's just some practical tips. You can put it in your pocket. You can use them if you want. This is what God has shown me over the years. Don't make declarations, but ask questions. Don't use words like never and always. Anytime you use the word, you never do this, or you always do that, literally you've lost the battle because out of 100 times, they may have never done something 99 times, but the one time they did, you lost the battle. So don't use those declarative words, but instead ask questions. Hey, are you aware that when you come home angry, the kids go up to their room? Hey, have you noticed that when we have a conversation, it often tends to be turned around to where now it's about you? 
and on and on and on. And I think that's important. I think the second thing that you can put in your hip pocket as just something practical is speak life. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. Like literally when you're trying to confront a blind spot, you are going to speak life or you're going to speak death over them. So never use attack words. Never use condemning words because you're literally picking a fight. Kind of the way I've always tried to approach it is when I'm dealing with a blind spot in someone else's life, I want them to know through my words, through my actions, in my body language, in literally my heart, hey, I'm not trying to attack you. I love you and I want what's best for your life. And normally when you come at someone like that, it disarms them. And I believe disarming them is half the battle. If nothing else, it like opens up one eye. So I want to encourage you. Maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe those would help you. But I believe there's some people that you're listening right now to this message. And you said, Brad, I've done all that. Like I've tried to fix them. I've, do, I've done everything you could think of. I, I, I've, I mean, I've tried to help them, not fix them. I've prayed more than I've preached. I've done everything you're talking about, but it's not working. What then? And I would tell you, you keep loving them. You keep loving them because Matthew 5, 14 says that you are the light of the world. And I'm telling you, you may be the only light they will ever see. And I love the story. And I'm gonna close with this. I love the story of of Jesus. When Jesus heals a, a blind man, and you know the story because it's, it's kind of gross. It was the one time where Jesus spits on the man's eyes. He, he hawks up a loogie and he spits on the man's eyes. And then he touches them and he asks him, he says, can you see now? And the man said, I, I still can't completely see. And Jesus has to touch the man a second time for him to have full sight. And I often wondered, like, why on earth would Jesus have to touch someone twice to heal him. It was the only time in scripture when Jesus had to touch someone twice to heal him. And you cannot convince me that Jesus had to touch this man twice. He did not have to spit on him. He could have spoken the word. He could have just thought about it and the man would have been healed. It it was not an indictment on Jesus having a bad miracle day. I believe Jesus doesn't make mistakes. I believe he was trying to communicate something to me and something to you that if Jesus had to touch a man more than once to heal him, how many more times will you and I have to keep touching the loved ones in our lives to open up blind eyes? You may have to touch them again and again and again. And for some of you, that's so hard right now to hear, but I'm saying you may be the only light they'll ever see. You're gonna be the one to show them grace and mercy, even though you're the one that's getting knocked down. And I want to end with this, and I want to pray for you. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me for the recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus said this, As the Father has sent me, so now I send you. I'm telling you that you are anointed for the recovery of sight for the blind of the loved ones around you. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every person listening to this message right now. 
God, I pray, Holy Spirit, number one, that you would reveal blind spots in our lives that we need to confront and that we need freedom in. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom on how to deal with the blind spots and the loved ones that are around us, God. Holy Spirit, tell us what to say. Show us maybe why they are the way they are. But I pray, God, at the end of the day, that as we love them through these blind spots, that they will see freedom on the other end of their life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.